0: This episode of Markets Daily is sponsored by Zengo. It's Monday, October 3rd, 2022, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. I'm Adam B. Levine here again with Adrian Blust for your daily news roundup. On today's show, we're talking Bitcoin, thoughts on deglobalization, the latest headlines, and more. And just a reminder Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Bitcoin is up this morning, at least a little bit, and markets will describe as mixed with a bias towards higher prices, if just slightly. The top token continues to stick to the range we've seen over the last few weeks, while global stocks fell to a two-year low and U.S. stock futures struggled to find direction on Monday. Bitcoin touched $20,000 on Friday and dipped to as low as $18,900 on Sunday. Ethereum has largely the same story and continues to trade within its recent range around $1,300 per token. But back to Bitcoin, centralized exchanges registered an outflow of more than 60,000 BTC, worth a combined $1.1 billion, between just Thursday and Saturday, according to data tracked by South Korea-based analytics firm CryptoQuant. Quote, That's the highest amount of outflows in months. After months of lowering prices, this is a sign of demand coming into the market, CryptoQuant's community manager said. Exchange outflows are typically taken to represent investor intention to hold coins for a longer term. However, outside of Bitcoin, the story looked a bit different. Digital asset investment products saw inflows of $10.3 million last week, the third consecutive week of inflows, according to a report from CoinShares, quote, the flows remain low, implying a continued hesitancy among investors, the report stated, continuing, this is highlighted in investment products trading volumes, which were $886 million for the week, the lowest level since October of 2020, end quote. The report also noted that there was broadly negative sentiment for altcoins last week with outflows totaling 3.5 million the most affected were the tokens for the polygon avalanche and cardano blockchain ecosystems CoinShares said and now let's zoom out just a little bit it's a glass half full glass half empty bitcoin market depending on who you ask to bulls factors like the absence of large sellers persistent holding by long-term investors and the cryptocurrency's resilience in the face of turmoil in traditional financial markets is providing hope To bears, the current lull is reminiscent of the September through October 2018 period, when the largest cryptocurrency held steady near $6,000 for weeks before slumping almost 50%. Over the weekend, pseudonymous analyst and swing trader Il Capo of Crypto explained to his 540,000 followers that much like the 2018 consolidation near $6,000, current trading around $20k represents a temporary pause that will pave the way for another price sell-off. They continued that the market is exhibiting a downtrend followed by a temporary consolidation with an extended drop yet to come. And thinking back towards that, in the first half of 2018, the cryptocurrency crashed to $6,000 from almost $20,000. It traded sideways around the 6K level between August and early November, convincing many traders, including the likes of billionaire investor Michael Novogratz, that it had formed a base around 6K and was ready for a new bull run. But the bull's optimism was misplaced. The cryptocurrency nosedive below $6,000 on November 14th and eventually bottomed out at $3,200 per token in December. The already battered alternative cryptocurrencies followed suit, falling 60% or more, according to data from charting platform TradingView. So, the current price structure appears similar to that of mid-November 2018, with prices consolidating near $20,000 for nearly three months after a sell-off from the record high of 69 k And there are other similarities too. For instance, XRP and other alternative cryptocurrencies have recently rallied, shrugging off the comatose action in Bitcoin, perhaps a sign that there's still more speculative interest left in the market. XRP and other smaller coins saw occasional rallies during BTC's price consolidation back in 2018. So, at least for now, Bitcoin, the most liquid and largest digital asset, remains something of an anchor for the broader market. That means that price rallies in alternative cryptocurrencies, sometimes referred to as pumps on crypto Twitter, Are often taken to represent market froth. Quote, there's still a lot of money in dead and dying projects that needs to be redistributed, a pseudonymous trader tweeted on Saturday, hinting at another market wide sell off. Today's crypto coverage comes courtesy of Coindesk markets analysts Lila Ledesma and Ankar Goodblay. Bitcoin is currently trading at $19,204, that's up just one-eighth of 1% over the last 24 hours, while Ether is trading at $1,302 per token, that's up a quarter of a percentage point over the same time period, according to the Coindesk Market Index. And speaking of the Coindesk Market Index, the current reading is 948, and we are looking at approximately a 1.16% return over that period of time. In traditional markets, U.S. stock futures inched up to start the fourth quarter, with investors bracing for more volatility in the final three months of the year. Futures for the S&P 500 and Dow Jones Industrial Average rose just under 1% on Monday morning. U.S. stock futures had fallen Friday, closing out another losing week in what had become a losing month and a losing quarter. Contracts for the tech focus NASDAQ 100 gained just over half a point. In Europe, the regional stock 600 lost 7 tenths of 1%, while in London, the FTSE 100 lost just under two-tenths of a point. In Germany, the DAX bucked the trend, gaining just under a quarter of a point. In Asia, markets in mainland China and South Korea were closed for holidays. In Hong Kong, the Hang Seng fell eight-tenths of a point, while in Japan, the Nikkei 225 rose by 1.1%. In commodities markets, Brent crude, that's a global benchmark for oil, gained from a low of $85 over the weekend to about $88.5 bucks per barrel. Gold, meanwhile, is changing hands around $1,674 per troy ounce, relatively flat over the weekend. Today's traditional markets coverage draws from the Wall Street Journal, the FT, and Bloomberg. And stay tuned. After the break, we'll be back with a few quick headlines we're tracking today, with links to the full articles in the show notes for this episode, as always. Then, after the headlines, Coindesk's chief insights columnist takes on deglobalization. We'll be right back. Zengo Crypto Wallet is an on-chain crypto wallet with no private key vulnerability, leveraging advanced cryptography called MPC, which, until now, has only been available to multi-billion dollar institutions. Zengo is the most secure Web3 wallet and the best place to keep your digital currency, NFTs and assets secure. It's also fully recoverable using the wallet's biometric recovery kit started at zengo.com slash markets and use code markets to get $20 back on your first purchase of $200 or more. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Turning to big picture news, U.S. consumer spending increased more than expected in August, but stubbornly high inflation, as it's described, is dampening demand, potentially limiting an anticipated rebound in economic growth this quarter, according to Reuters. Core PCE, that's the Fed's preferred measure of inflation because it excludes what they describe as volatile food and energy, saw its price index jump 0.6%, up 4.9% year-on-year so far. Consumer spending increased 0.4% in August, which, if you're like me, sure seems like an understatement on how much more I've been spending. Personal income rose by 0.3%, in other words, not enough to keep up with inflation, while the savings rate was steady at 3.5%. And it's worth noting that July's savings rate was revised down to 3.5% from the originally published 5% number. The savings rate has been as high as 26.3% back in March of 2021. It's now near levels seen during the 2007-2009 recession. The new official statistics from the Commerce Department released Friday also showed underlying inflation pressures building up last month, which Reuters described as, quote, providing cover for the Federal Reserve to remain on its aggressive monetary policy tightening path. Wage growth also appears to be slowing and consumers are tapping what savings they have to offset high prices. That, combined with stiff interest rate hikes from the Fed, has, according to Reuters, who apparently aren't willing to recognize the obvious that we're already in a recession, has increased the economy's vulnerability to a recession next year. Quote, More pain lies ahead as the economy heads towards a moderate downturn in the first half of next year, said a senior economist at BMO Capital Markets in Toronto. Continuing, this will eventually cool inflation, but not before the Fed takes a few more swings at the tightening can, end quote. Reuters reports on an increasingly frustrating story. Turning to international news, here's Adrian Blost.
1: The Indian exchange Wazir X has laid off a significant part of their workforce, the company said in a statement shared with Coindesk on Saturday. As many as 70 employees, or 40% of the exchange's workforce of 150 people, lost their jobs. Three sources familiar with the matter told Coindesk. Quote, the crypto market has been in the grip of a bear market because of the current global economic slowdown, the company said in a statement on Saturday, continuing, the Indian crypto industry has had its unique problems with respect to taxes, regulations, and the banking process. This has led to a dramatic fall in volumes in all Indian crypto exchanges, end quote. Coindesk's Amitaj Singh has the details.
0: Turning to industry news, Coinbase has fixed a technical problem that caused it to temporarily halt payments and withdrawals involving U.S. bank accounts. The publicly traded crypto exchange said on Sunday that the incident has been resolved, according to its system status page. A few hours earlier, the company had said for unspecified technical reasons, quote, We're currently unable to take payments or make withdrawals involving U.S. bank accounts. Our team is aware of this issue and is working on getting everything back to normal as soon as possible, end quote. It's worth noting that the issue was not the only problem in the broader crypto ecosystem over the weekend. Solana suffered what has been called a major outage, one that lasted for more than six hours, according to its website.
1: Coindesk Eli Tan reports. Meanwhile, decentralized crypto exchanges, or DEXs, have grown faster than centralized exchanges over the past two years, the major bank Citi said in a research report Thursday. And the gap is likely to widen as users move away from centralized platforms to avoid their onerous know-your-customer procedures. DEXs are blockchain-based apps that coordinate large-scale trading of digital assets between many users. They do this using automated algorithms instead of a traditional approach of acting as a financial intermediary between buyers and sellers. So in other words, there is no person deciding how to use your money. It's actually code that's choosing what to do with your money. Another aspect to DEXIS is that they offer distributed revenues, like dividends, to token holders and the ability to self-custody funds, the report said. Once the trading rewards are included, these exchanges have comparatively lower fees than platforms such as Coinbase Pro, it added. One of the main differences between decentralized exchanges and centralized ones is the custody of funds, the bank said, as there is a risk in storing assets on centralized exchanges. As an example, the bank highlighted the collapse of lending platform Celsius Networks and the broker Voyager Digital. CoinDesk's Will Candy reports on that. And in other news, the stablecoin issuer Tether has cut its commercial paper holdings to less than $50 million, Tether CTO Paolo Arduino said in a tweet. As of September 30th, the company increased its holdings of US Treasuries to 58.1% of its total portfolio, from 43.5% of its total portfolio as of June 30th. Commercial papers are short-term, unsecured debt issued by companies, where the value of the papers is dependent on the issuing company. Commercial papers are less stable than other debt instruments like U.S. government treasuries. Tether had earlier said that it will bring its commercial paper holdings to zero by the end of the year on the back of growing concerns over the stability of the ecosystem and its stablecoin, USDT. In May, the company held just over $20 billion worth of commercial paper, which it reduced to $8.5 billion by June 30th. So now being at $50 million at commercial paper, that's a significant drop. Coindesk's Podaksheep Mishra reports.
0: And finally, let's talk about Alex Mashinsky for a second. It's been revealed that the embattled founder and now former CEO of Celsius Network removed some $10 million from the now bankrupt crypto lender just weeks before Celsius halted customer withdrawals in June. The Financial Times reported, citing unnamed sources. Mashinsky, who resigned as CEO on September 27th, transferred the cryptocurrency back in May, according to the FT. At the time, crypto markets were being roiled by the collapse of the Terra ecosystem, which saw some $60 billion worth of value evaporate that month. Celsius is supposed to submit more details about the Mashinsky transaction to the court over the next few days as part of a wider financial disclosure from the company, the FT said. A spokesperson for the former CEO, cited by the paper, said that the entrepreneur had disclosed to an unsecured creditor committee in the bankruptcy proceedings that he and his family had $44 million in crypto, frozen with Celsius following the withdrawal. The spokesperson said that Mashinsky, quote, withdrew a percentage of cryptocurrency in his account, much of which was used to pay state and federal taxes, according to the article. There is some frustrating irony in this story, of course, as the centralized crypto lender said at the time that they froze withdrawals, they were doing so because, quote, Without a pause, the acceleration of withdrawals would have allowed certain customers, those who were first to act, to be paid in full while leaving others behind to wait for Celsius to harvest value from illiquid or longer-term asset deployment activities before they receive a recovery, end quote. What we now know is that the company was talking, at least partially, about its CEO. Quindesk's James Rubin has more.
1: And in lighter news, here's Adrian Blust. So the reality TV star Kim Kardashian has paid $1.26 million to the Securities and Exchange Commission or the SEC to settle charges relating to her promotion of Ethereum Max. The SEC had filed charges against the Keeping with the Kardashian star for not disclosing a $250,000 payment she received for posting promotional content about Ethereum Max, according to an SEC press release. Kardashian also agreed not to promote any cryptocurrencies for the next three years. Coindesk's Oliver Knight reports. And switching over to non-fungible news, non-fungible token or NFT traders who've lost real money amid this year's market downturn can now try wagering fake funds on JPEGs through something akin to fantasy sports, amassing a mock portfolio through NFT data and trading platform called Flip. Basically, participants in the new NFT fantasy league can pretend to buy NFTs and those with the best simulated portfolio performance win prizes. Quote. Fantasy flip is a way to have fun in a bear market. Flip co-founder Brian Krogsgaard, who goes by Ledger Status on Twitter, told CoinDesk, quote, most of us are too poor to be spending the ether we have left on huge sweeps, but we still want that sweet adrenaline rush of flipping JPEGs. It's fun for folks who want to participate in NFTs, but who can't do so with big money, end quote. In fact, NFT trading volumes have fallen nearly 97% from this year's January highs, according to data provided by Dune Analytics. And many formerly high-flying JPEGs now don't even trade close to their peak prices. Quote, we may be too poor to transact much in real life, but we still have that spirit for NFTs, Krogsgaard said. Coindesk's Tracy Wong reports.
0: Thanks for that, Adrian. Today's featured story is an opinion piece from Coindesk's David Z. Morris. Our story today is entitled, "Deglobalization is Happening, Crypto is Part of the Answer. We woke up on the morning of September 30th to two very different yet deeply related pieces of news. In the Baltics, President Vladimir Putin announced that Russia would annex four regions of Ukraine, signaling the continued intensity of the war there. And in Florida, Hurricane Ian had inflicted catastrophic damage, unprecedented, even for that perennially hurricane-prone state. In different ways, both events highlight the need to reshape the fundamental infrastructure of human society into something more robust, transnational, individualized, and fluid. That includes the need for financial networks that can't be cut off by autocratic leaders or destroyed by natural disasters. These points were perhaps less obvious when the Bitcoin project was launched in 2009. Russia was still plausibly on a path to Western-style liberalization, and more generally, there was a sense that democratic politics and market economics would become the universal standard. And while events like 2005's Hurricane Katrina had already provided plenty of warning about the impacts of climate change, many were still in denial. Americans in particular still thought they were living in the capitalist utopia of Francis Fukuyama's end of history, or its far more simple-minded cousin, Thomas Friedman's flat world. Of course, Friedman wasn't entirely wrong. The world has flattened in the sense that we can now communicate across long distances far more effectively than was ever possible even two decades ago. But in many cases, that only offers a better view of unfolding tragedies. Globalized communication, for instance, has allowed us to see far more clearly the disconnect between Russia's kleptocratic leadership and its people, who are as divided and diverse as any other population on Earth. Vast numbers of Russians loathe Putin and everything he stands for, but nonetheless find themselves at risk of being disappeared from the international community by forces effectively beyond their control. Regardless of the outcome of Putin's aggression, individuals running businesses in Russia are likely to have far less access above all to international logistics systems, including payments, shipping and transportation. These systems have become vastly more open in the past half century, but there are still choke points at the nation state level. SWIFT, the network that connects banks across borders, has kicked out at least seven Russian banks, for instance. The rising rate of massive natural disasters fueled by climate change has similar disruptive effects. Things are bad in Florida, but they're even worse in Pakistan, where flooding this month caused 1,500 deaths. In any area vulnerable to these changes, even the most basic infrastructure could simply be wiped away in one fell swoop. Climate change is also expected to exacerbate political divisions as waves of refugees leave those vulnerable places. Political and ecological instability are two aspects of an increasingly recognized process of deglobalization. If the 20th century was marked with economic integration and a greater awareness of our common humanity, the 21st seems poised to reinscribe differences in borders, even as we all stare across those gaps at each other's TikTok posts. Basic economics tells us that this fragmentation will make us all poorer, even if we're not directly impacted. It would be Thomas Friedman caliber hubris to argue that blockchain and cryptocurrency networks are the answer to these rising systemic crises. They can certainly provide a way for individuals to transact despite things like the swift cutoff and a form of financial record-keeping that can't be upended by a tornado hitting the building where your bank balance is saved. But they also face an array of basic limitations, such as the vulnerability of internet access itself in destabilized areas. But blockchain and crypto do at least provide an innovative and even inspiring model for how systems can transcend and resist the forces of deglobalization, a technical means to provide services across borders without reliance on fragile political trust. Truly censorship-resistant and decentralized systems can't be politically attacked through a single choke point. Despite their serious limitations, in the present day, we already see the appeal of these tools in places as diverse as Iran, Kenya, and Argentina. The rise of a common global financial infrastructure will continue as the international landscape becomes ever more fragmented, simply because it will become more necessary. The successive waves of speculative crypto hype over the past decade have provided plenty of cover for bad actors and incompetent rubes to misdirect that narrative towards mere self-enrichment. But days like September 30th are a reminder of just how vital it is to
1: get it right. Hey listeners, thank you for listening. On behalf of Markets Daily, you're invited to Coindesk's new event, the Investing in Digital Enterprises and Assets Summit, or Ideas for short. This event facilitates capital flow and market growth by connecting the digital economy with traditional finance. Join us on October 18th and 19th for a 360-degree investment experience where you can source, invest, and secure your next big deal in digital assets in one place. Use code MARKETS20, that's all one word and with the number 20, for 20% off a general pass. Register today at coindesk.com ideas.